Good afternoon. You're listening to Scarlet Bay Community Radio and Local Media This Week, the programme where we look at the Clare print media and we see what they're talking about, what they're writing about, and we give our own take on it uh, from time to time. Delighted to be joined by all our usual panel today for, I suppose, the Christmas issue. First of all, John S. Kelly. John, you're very welcome. Uh, thank you, Jim, and happy Christmas. And to you, John, and Pat O'Brien. Pat, suitably dressed in a Christmas jumper. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. And uh, David Fleming. David hasn't a jumper, but he has the hat. And if you hear that during the programme, it's not Santa Claus, <laughs> it's David shaking his head. Well, happy Christmas, Jim, and a happy Christmas to all our listeners. We hope... We hope the Christmas dinner is being digested and we'll try not to bring it up again <laughs> with what we'll say today. Exactly. Okay, looking, I suppose, um, at the Clare Champion and, uh, you know, a very, as the, 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 the whole, all the papers this week are, have a Christmassy sort of flavour with photographs and articles, but um, nothing Christmassy about the leading uh, article on the front page of the Clare Champion, Shannon Mourning, Tragic Loss of Aoife. 16, and it refers, of course, to Aoife Johnson, who from Shannon, who died uh, a number of days ago from meningitis, uh, and you know, died very, very quickly, and uh, a very tragic story, David, for it uh, is for her family in particular, and for all those who knew her. It is, it is, it's it's a tragic story, and at this time of the year, it kind of makes it even worse, and the, the future Christmases that family just, yeah. you know. She, she is Aoife Johnson, as you said, and she was 16, 16 years old. She died of meningitis. And it just goes to show you how dangerous that disease is um, and how awful that uh, disease is. She was a Leaving Cert student at St. Caymans. Mm -hmm. um, and she was there up until Friday. Um, but she became seriously ill last Saturday. I say that's Saturday a week ago. And yeah. had to be brought to hospital in Limerick. Um, so it's 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 put a it's put a pall over Shannon and even the whole county. I was listening to the radio, the, the other community. I was going to say the other community radio, Clare FM, um, and they had a little piece about her and you know her yeah. family. The funeral was being held, and it's just very sad, mm. isn't it, John? It is very very sad indeed. Yeah, especially at Christmas. Of course, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's even worse. But it's it was uh, bad anytime. As you say, David, uh, the memory begins now yeah. and it'll never, never wane. Yeah. Very hard, very hard. Yeah. 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 People are just uh, reminded, we'll, we'll just name it off, the, the, the second part of the article is there on page two, uh, Jim, and then they're just saying signs and symptoms may include severe headaches, fever, vomiting, drowsiness, discomfort from bright light, neck stiffness and flesh. We advise if anyone has Concerns they should contact their GP immediately and ensure the medical expertise is sought. So, you know, if, you know, if uh, people, people uh, should keep, keep an eye on yeah. yeah. You know, and it's not just obviously, it's not just for young children. She's six, she was 16 yeah. years yeah. old. So. Usually, kind of, uh, usually you'll hear of it in, 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 in um, teenagers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, young, it's, young it's, I suppose, yeah. all we can do is, is offer, our, off, offer our sympathies to. Her, her heartbroken family um, and, and, you know, hope that they will have the, the I suppose, the grace to, to be able to, to cope with the huge loss um, that they're suffering at the moment. Are you still on the front page, Jim? Yes, John. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to bring up something else on the front I page? I mean, 
There's a heading from Dan uh, Danner. Dangerous conditions for staff and patients in UHL. Now, we've been dealing with this question every week, as far back as summertime, haven't we? We have, yeah. It's, it's, it crops up, and of course, this is the season, isn't it, John? It is. We, it we always hear about the crisis. I think we've almost people have become immune to it, but of course, if you're if you're on one of those trolleys or yeah. you're actually there, you won't. You you certainly feel the the worst elements of it. The INMO uh, has confirmed, according to Dan Danaher, that the hospital in Limerick is the most overcrowded hospital in the country, with a total of seventeen thousand six hundred and forty on trolleys from January fourth until December twenty first. It just goes to show you the volume that's actually going through the hospital. They're, they're, they're enormous numbers. Yeah. Um, more more than double the 7,406 patients waiting. But, but it goes on on page two. On average, there's between 80 and 100, 80 and 90 uh, people on trolleys every day in there. Yeah, yeah. So there are no beds. They have to wait on trolleys. Yeah. Um, now, it's similar in other hospitals. But, but Limerick, gets, Limerick is particularly bad. Yeah, it gets a lot of attention. and So anyway, it's all right, report. Uh, but what is the solution, Jim? You were talking before we went well, on air. Well, I'm just wondering, my mathematical mind, if we're 80 beds short, on average, we call yeah. it, in Limerick, then how can we provide 80 beds? We need 80 beds staffed with doctors and nurses, those 80 beds don't necessarily have to be in Limerick Hospital. They can be in convalescent homes around the county. Mm. But, like, I was listening to the radio during the week and the reporter was on, said that the current government, uh, the next election is due in 2025. And there will be people voting in 2025, young people voting, who weren't born when... Mary Harney, the former Minister for Health, declared a trolley crisis back in 2004 or five or yes. whenever that yeah. happened. So like, I'm just, nobody seems to be called to account. You know, do we need something like we, we had before the abortion referendum, uh, a kind of a citizens assembly mm, to bring yeah. people forward to say, like, it doesn't seem to make sense that no matter how much money we throw at this, there's still mm. a huge problem, particularly in Limerick Hospital. Mm. I mean, it, has to, it must be solved. It's crazy that people are going into <coughs> Limerick, spending 24, 48 hours, whatever, mm. in their dozens mm. every yeah. day. Mm. And, and in their hundreds, no, Jim, mm. um, according to the papers, yeah. 221 <coughs> people attended the emergency department last Sunday. And 251 on so there are people in their hundreds attending. Yeah. I mean, I don't believe that lim people in the Limerick Midwest area are more sick than anybody else. No, no, no. <laughs> they will be yeah. If, yeah. if something isn't done. And, and uh, as well, like, you know, it's bad enough to be sick inside the emergency department, but you wait maybe two or three yeah. days yeah. inside and the whole place chocolate block. What we, what we need to know is what, what is the problem? As you say, Jim, money. The government's, successive governments have poured money into the health service. Mm -hmm. There are certain hospitals which seem to get it right. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Limerick doesn't seem to be getting right. We need to know what is the actual problem. Mm. It, it, it doesn't appear to be resourced. Now, it's probably, there's probably lots of factors. We're, we're told about a shortage of nurses, a shortage of doctors, but still in all, there are other hospitals which don't have the same problems that Limerick has. Mm -hmm. You don't hear them anyway. It appears to be Limerick seems to be the, the, the problem all the time. Yeah. But I think, it, I think it needs to be brought out in the open. Mm. The question you ask, what is the problem? Mm. Is it shortage of money? Mm. Is it shortage of doctors and nurses? Mm. And I mean, at least, as you, you were saying, what is the problem? If we knew what the problem was, maybe we can yeah. go some way to solving yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that what we have our politicians for, to hold... Like, one would hope that... Politi I've actually never read a piece where any of our politicians, and they're photographed all over the papers. Um, this weekend. If, listeners, you want to know what your politicians look like, <laughs> um, but get any of the newspapers and you'll see their Christmas wishes to you all. Um, and that's, that's never, very nice. And it's lovely. But I have never read any, any major, any politician take this on as a project to try and sort out. They, ask, they might ask a few questions, but... It does, like, compare the pyrite issue mm -hmm. and the way councillors and politicians get going on issues like that, which is good, and then look at the health situation. We, they, they tend to shy away from it. I don't know because maybe they find it too difficult, but that's what they're there for. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, but on the other hand, since we as a country and the politicians on our behalf pay mm. for the health service, mm. you know, pay, pay our money, uh, to run the health service, and it's not working. If that was a private company, they'd be out of business. But Jim, you raised the question of um, uh, determining determining uh, what the problem is. It's, 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 it's contradictory in a way that we're discussing week after week uh, aspects mm. of the health scene in Limerick, but we don't know what the problem is. Yes. Yeah. And we're trying to work out well how do you deal with the problem is you don't know what the problem is yes well the, the INMO assistant director of industrial relations Mary Fogarty said it's clear that UHL cannot cope with providing emergency and elective care at the same time hospital management must abide by the public statements and actually curtail non-urgent elective care immediately so that yeah. suggests that they don't have the capacity yeah. to do that sort of thing um, so they're trying to do too much, is that? But, but obviously, we need, we need them to be able to do. Where else would would it be done? Yeah, yeah. There is a new electric hospital being built out there in uh, Ocean, uh, over the road. Is that a private or a public yeah, hospital? I don't know, no, really, because it's private yeah. or public, which is going yeah. up there anyway. Like Limerick has 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 has, has, has two other hospitals which mm. are private: the Bar mm. Barrington Hospital and yeah, St John's yeah. Hospital. Mm. Um, Ennis, Ennis, uh, is there Nina? Is, is St. John's private? I think so. Was it not? I think St. John's is. Yeah, I don't know, no. Oh, I, I could be wrong public, about that. Yeah, Sorry, I think it's public. I think it's public. Okay, we'll, we'll leave the health service there. To, I'm sure to come back to it again. Um, but it would be nice if, if anybody, any of our politicians even listening to us, would have any suggestions as to where we might 
discovered how we might discover what the problem is. Yes. And if there must be something peculiar about Limerick. We know that overall, uh, across the country, there are problems. But why is Limerick always the one? Why is our region always the one that is yeah. on the naughty list? It's number one. <laughs> number one on the naughty list. Okay, uh, looking at the front page of the Clare Echo, uh, Red Nose Pain Deer. I see the headline there. Uh, Parik <laughs> McMahon has a story, and it's not a good story for. Uh, for the old reindeer, the they, they were, they were, there was at least 12 of them flying around the world last night, and I hope that they wouldn't have read this um, <laughs> notice. Yeah. Um, red Nose Pain Deer, it's as festive as you can get, and fair play, fair play to the people in the Clare Echo for, <laughs> for coming oh. up with that one. Um, but calls, but it's, a, it's a kind of a serious story, I suppose. Councillor Pat Hayes, Fianna Fáil, has stated that East Clare now has, quote, a huge deer population and added, it is, a it is a continuous and major issue. It has exploded on the periphery of our municipal district, notably around the Shlivakti area. <laughs> Several incidents yeah. of stags landing on windscreens of cars have occurred in the area, Hayes claimed. I don't know what we can do. There has to be a cull of deer. John, is I'm, that your experience? Absolutely. I had uh, the fright of my life up in, in um, uh, Flagmont one night coming from Galway and it, it wasn't a puka it wasn't a puka <laughs> but in a way you could consider it a bit of a puka <laughs> because he cleared my windscreen in one jump one jump I would yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd, I mean what saved us I don't know I did nothing to actually uh, contribute to the safety factor mm. but this animal so anyway the question arises the culling. We'll have a, a series of do-gooders out there saying, oh, you can't actually, you know, uh, indulge in a culling. But I'm willing to say I certainly will act in favour of um, a cull. Yeah. Anything I could do to help, like supporting you're, emotion. You're, you're, you're yeah, bring out your shotgun that you mentioned. No, no, we'll, 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 <laughs> we'll, uh, I'm not into that aspect of it. But there are there was at one period when the army was invited to consider it. Well, yeah, but there are fellows out with special licenses for yeah. to shoot deer. Yeah. There are about a hundred such yeah. licenses apparently available. Uh, yeah. Well, the, I uh, think they do cull deer when, when the population does get out of control. Of course, what Councillor Hayes hasn't done, hasn't informed us of is what is the actual population in this area, of deer? and what of is deer. considered mm -hmm. an appropriate population. I think he's just guessing. Um, well, that's, that's all. There, there isn't any scientific uh, material produced no, that I have seen anyway. No, and um, I've travelled up and down to Portumna, um, which is where you'd expect, that's the main mm. road from Scariff, as we know, to Portumna. Mm. And uh, I, uh, maybe I'm travelling at the wrong times, John, but occasionally dawn it's at night. And dawn dusk. and dusk is, yeah. the, is the time. Yeah. But yeah. I, I haven't seen any deer. Now, if it's out of control, you'd be seeing deer. People would be seeing deer. Um, so what I, I'd be, I know that there's, there is a program of culling. Um, I'd love to know what is the population, what should the population be in terms of our safety and 
health and safety. And farmers, by the way, don't like deer either because they, they, eat, the they eat the grass. Could I offer an alternative? Oh, yes, yeah, to John's <laughs> gung-ho approach. <laughs> He's calling you a do-gooder now, uh, Jim. And you're always a nice do-gooder. I don't know why, why, why that's a such a bad pejorative term. Well, I, I'm just wondering, I mean, the, the problem, and I've no doubt it is a problem because I, I know a few people you know, who have experienced similar to you, except the car was a write-off after oh dear. Uh, And it's normally a serious problem where there are forests. Mm. Now, driving in various parts of the, of the county, quite often the forestry comes right out to the road. Mm. Yes. Literally yeah. to the wall. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the poor deer that I'd be thinking of travelling through the forest He's on top of the car before he, he doesn't deliberately jump on a on a car on a moving car, mm. but he's he's flying along and he's out over the wall <laughs> and suddenly he's on top of you. So I would suggest two things. A or B. A would be, do not plant within twenty five meters of the road. Well, that's the so, way now, Jim. I think the, the older plantations were. Yes. The, the, if you're planting now, you have to you have to go back to the distance and on the road. Yeah. And, yeah. and and B would be where there is. I'm not saying the entire forestry mm -hmm. set up, but where there is an issue, mm -hmm. and there obviously is an issue on the Portumna Road because I know at least two yeah. people who've had problems there. Yeah, yeah. What class of a problem did they have? The, the, the deer landed on the bonnet of their car. Mm. Anybody hurt? Nobody hurt, but the car right off. I presume right. the deer That's was hurt. No, no. Oh, In fairness, both ones that I know of, the deer ran away, mm. but a hell of a lot of damage to the car. But the ones are, are, are as held as I am. So, so what, okay. about, what about a fence? In a fence. In those areas, in those tall areas, I suppose the, a tall fence. The, the the one thing is deer probably travel. They do travel. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a bit like Trump's a, container yeah. wall um, in Mexico. It was built across a federal reserve, and it's been just been ordered to be taken down. But it's an important migratory route. So well, they won't travel if you kill them. Well, that's true. Uh, and, and, oh dear, Jim. <laughs> oh dear. Hold on a second. I just. Uh, have you noticed what, um, what Pat, if Pat leaves here wearing that jumper, he'll be shot. He'll, there's a target on his there's chest. There's a target on his chest. He's we Listeners, he's wearing a red-nosed deer. And, I, and Pat, you should fear for your life if Pat, if Pat, uh, Pat Burke gets his way. Pat is. Pat is, sorry. Sorry, Pat is. Um, there is, according to the paper, though, the Irish Deer Commission operates a humane deer dispatch with 135 trained volunteers assisting agencies and charities who deal with an increasing number of deer vehicle collisions nationally. So it's obviously, it is, there's no natural predator, of course. No. Well, I would wolf. say that if you, the wolf. if you call deer, you will reduce the problem, but you won't eliminate it. No. no. Whereas if you do put up big fences yeah. or whatever, yeah. you will go a long way towards yeah. getting rid of the problem. Yeah, but you need a bit of, a bit of we need a bit of information on the route. They move around and out, Jim, because yeah. I, I, I was up, I go for a walk up the back of my place, and there's a wood there, and I see 14 of them there, uh, a couple of months back. But they, they another time then you go around there, I thought you wouldn't see them at all, but they, uh, Anthony Dinahan, they was telling me that 
he, he, he spotted them, he was going to Kilkishan one evening, they were crossing the Kilkishan Road yeah. and over to Wood at the far side, so they move around enough of that. They move around, yeah, and yeah. they move around in large numbers. In large numbers, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no, they're a problem without... In, in Australia, the equivalent is the kangaroo, the kangaroo yeah. where kangaroos cause awful damage mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. cars, but you know, mm-hmm. you see the signs, you slow down, it nearly happened to me, but we saw him crossing the road. You slow down, and you see all the dead kangaroos along the road. So we'd be say, we'd be saying to to our listeners that if you're driving on our country roads and you see a sign indicating the potential presence of deer, deer, and you're travelling particularly at dusk or dawn. Yeah, dusk or dawn. Then slow take down care. Slow, slow down. down. Yeah. Okay. Because they are fast, and they will. They'll probably. They don't want to get killed. Get out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Pat, Crushing Railway Station. Oh. I know you'd love to get your teeth into <laughs> yeah, that see, story. It's see, it's just, it has been on there on a few uh, a few weeks, Jim. Um, and the Care Echo, I think. And, it yeah, is. and the, it's in the green page. This 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 one. Page um, twenty six. Yeah. Um, oh, I think yeah. they have discussed it at, at at county council level, and um, uh, business case for reopening Crushing Rail Stop is. Um, Parik McMahon has the story Somewhere. there on page 26, Excellent. which is green, green clear. Mm-hmm. Elected representatives are confident that the, the business case for reopening Crusheen South in the Western Rail Corridor is stronger than ever by Parik McMahon. Originally built in the 1860s, the Crusheen Railway Station closed in 1976 for passenger traffic and in 1990s for freight traffic. In October 2010, the Minister for Defence and Clare TD, Tony Green, Fianna was first announced an allocation of 1.5 million for the provision of a rail stop in Cushie. He, along with the High Council and Michael Kelly, Fianna previously proposed its reopening. Planning permission was then granted for a new station in 2011, but the project was not provided for in Eno Raisin's 2013 budget. Another former Clare TD, Michael Hartley, sought to reopen the rail stop in 2019, but was told by Ian Road AM CEO Jim Mead that there was no funding and no provision for the station of Cushine. So it appears there are... Um, I, I don't know what's happening, but... Um, but there's nothing happening, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing happening. All of this is a lot there, of hot air. There are, they're looking to, re, to re, restore the station. And, um, I think it, it, looks, it, it looks as if Porig has told us that they've been looking for this since 2011. They've even yeah. got money for it. And they still haven't done it. Yeah, Who's they in that regard? They, Aaron Rudd Aaron. Aaron Rudd Aaron. Now, and is there not a case for... We, we want to get as many cars off the road as possible. Yeah, there is a case. People travelling mm. by public transport. Yeah. So the people of Crusheen literally have to take their car out and drive to Ennis, to Galway, to Limerick. And they'll mm. still do that, unfortunately, until the country well, There'll be a lot of students that go well, on. The the that's, 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 that's but what will happen if they open Crusheen is the journey from Galway to Limerick would be even slower than it actually is. It's one of the slowest routes that I've ever taken. Okay, Bird Hill to Dublin is pretty slow, and there's only two people that travel that route occasionally, and I'm one of them. Um, but it, according to this, Pat, Councillor O'Callaghan says... <laughs> A lot of old people go onto the train at Six Mile Bridge, so this yeah. might be a railway for old people. Would you be supportive of that? It's very handy for old people, he says, to park up for the day and head off on the train. I see massive numbers of students using the train too. So all the old and the young, but the the middling, the middle-aged people are the train isn't for them. Well, if you actually uh, take the train, take it and uh, to Galway. Yeah. Where does the Galway train actually stop? Ultimately, 
It, 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 it goes up to Athenry. Yeah. It pulls into Athenry station. It has to pull back out. Yeah. For some back out or pull out and go around into Galway. And where in Galway? It, it, into the, the station here square. That's and what's there? I mean, if you're, for example, if you're working in out in, out in oh, yeah. Renmore or you're working yeah. on the periphery, there's no connection. No, yeah, you'd so have to get a bus or something. Yeah, no, you're right. No, it is very convenient, John, for, for yeah. those people who want to assess the city. Yeah. And if you're a college student, you can walk to the college. Um, but uh, my students, I lead a field trip up to Galway every year, um, and they all take the train up. They don't take the bus, funnily enough, they take mm. the train. And it's very, it's, it's very convenient from a location. But as you say, John, from the worker's point of view, it might be, it might be problematic. But, but it's very really slow, is the problem. Well, no, yeah, but see, I even pulled, pulled uh, Ron and Crying to, to, to get the Ennis Galway line opened. Yeah. And then they, they, they wouldn't be, they, only, only, in, only in the last couple of years, um, uh, you could you could buy a ticket online. You couldn't buy a ticket online or maybe a year and a half ago. And since since it went online, they, yeah. they, it has it has gone up by hundred percent. Would you support a park and ride, uh, let's say from the uh, Orne Moore side? Park and ride. Oh yeah. I think of that idea. Uh, Galway is so congested. Yeah. And and Limerick. It's there, isn't it? Is it? So is we can actually evaluate. We can evaluate yeah. the value. I think more well, important, I mean, no, the, better the, the, than Crusheen. Forget Galway for no, a second. No, no, you can't because, you see, the ter terminal point is, is, is kind of crucial. Well, I'm saying this is a bit of a, a red herring. and um, We should be thinking not about Crusheen and Galway. We should be thinking about Shannon Airport and connecting the no, square I refuse down to, to Shannon leave. Airport. I refuse to leave. But I think the point that's, first that's on the line about the park and ride. The park and ride is there. It, it is observable. It can be measured in case people, you know, make a decision about park and rides and then find that they should have thought. But what's your point, John? What's My that, point that is got that to do with Crusheen? It's eight, min eight minutes by train from Ornmore on the park and ride. Yeah. Okay? Right. Eight minutes to town. I have spent, I'd say, the best part of an hour and a half from Ornmore into Galway. Yeah. In my car. So is it what we're saying is we want better train facilities everywhere? It's a holistic thing. Yeah. I mean. yeah. 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 Now, uh, would you agree? If you go back to if you go back to the Limerick, uh, they they probably CIE probably bought all their junk uh, uh, <laughs> uh, trains down and put them on the on the Galway line and and, and, <laughs> and, and never advertised. Never no. promoted the Never lines. promoted the line. No, no. Uh, that uh, is uh, true. Uh, there, 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 there was no online ticket. You couldn't buy an online ticket on a, on a year or two ago. Yeah. Now, Pat, why are we having on a roll? Can I move you to Blake's corner? <laughs> oh. Now, Jim, I'd like to object <laughs> on a point of order. And it is on the use of terminology. Yeah. Because... Now, what page are we on? Tell the, tell the listener what page and tell me what page, page I'm six. on. Page, page six. Page six from Blake's corner. Yeah, page six. Um... Nowhere there in that article, well, yeah. it's certainly not in the headline, is Blake's Corner mentioned. Now, Blake's mm. Corner is, most people in County Clare will know, is the old buildings in the yeah. middle of Ennis. In Ennis Diamond. In Ennis Diamond, I beg your pardon. 
what this article is about has nothing to do with Blake's Corner. Well, it is to do with the relief road. But Pat has yeah. you so wound up <laughs> that every every week it has to be Blake's Corner. But no, it's the end. Sorry, Pat. No, it's the yeah. Ennis-Diamond Relief Road. Isn't yeah, it? it's the Ennis-Diamond Relief Road. But it, it's 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 in effect. It is uh, putting in Ennis-Diamond uh, Relief Road. Because they want to, to get rid of Blake's Corner. Well, sure, that is a good thing. You'd, you'd have a better suggestion, would yeah. you, Pat, to get rid of that Blake's is, Corner? But get, uh, happily, that debate is long over. It should be blown up. But it, wouldn't, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't make a blind bit of difference to the congestion. <laughs> and anyway, it's ruining. The traffic going through Ennis Diamond uh, is, is being ruined. Sorry, the town is being ruined because of the traffic. So but this relief road is a good thing. Now, of course, it's it's a single family seeking. But how long is it going to last? Yeah, this thing, I have them on clear of end all day about it, and it it could be twenty twenty six before they even make certain if this judicial review this goes ahead. Well, we, we, I mean, court. every citizen is entitled to take a judicial review if they feel that some part of the process was yeah. not mm. um, was not done properly. Is well, that, they, they have a house is that currently? being looked at well uh, there is a review of the planning legislation at the yeah. moment um yeah. the cabinet has signed off on it and it's come before the doll yeah. uh, in the springtime now it won't i don't think it would ever prevent a family seeking according to the rumors being leaked from the government uh it's maybe residence organizations that are going yeah. to be curtailed that's a debate mm. that has to be happened. But it's a yeah. family here that's seeking a judicial review. They're, the, they're a family, John and Sheena Clancy, um, who are the plaintiffs. They own, I think, a, a West Clare Flowers in the Heart and, uh, of Ennis Diamond. And their house and their premises are being affected. They're going to be knocked, yeah. They're going to be knocked, yeah. Mm. Compulsory purchase. Okay. Can yeah. I raise your spirits a bit, David? Do, do, do. do. Uh, page 18. Of the Clare oh, Champions. Yes. Let's go back before we go from Blake's Corner. <laughs> it's He's not Blake's Corner. He's not finished yet. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's not Blake's Corner. It, it, when I have ever heard talking about Blake's Corner, what cost of it? So I, I, <laughs> well, I, once the bridge is built, you won't have to curse it anymore. <laughs> but if you, if you do head beyond Ennis Diamond and head to the coast, um, to Lahinch and Milton Malby, you'll presumably in 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 time maybe see offshore wind farms it's a topic we often talk about and the very beginnings of that process is on page 18 as jim has said of the clare champion of the clare champion and yeah. they are public notices they are notices for applications to the minister for a for a license a foreshore license and to wait for it under the 1933 foreshore act weren't we very far seen <laughs> <laughs> we were at that time. It's a pity we're not now. Um, so they're uh, seeking a license to do exploratory work for, for a wind farm. It's called the, I don't know how you pronounce it, the Proposed Skerda Rocks Offshore Wind Farm, OWF, Export Cable Corridor. So it's, it's, it's all the way northwest up as far as Galway, Galway these are the yeah. two areas, mm -hmm. just off the Iron Islands. So it's yeah. interesting to see that there's a little bit of movement happening. Mm. Yeah, let's hope in the movement continues yeah. and okay. we, don't, um, yeah. we don't meet major roadblocks and holdups and, and whatnot, that, um, because they're <laughs> talking, particularly with the recently signed interconnector between Ireland and France, mm. that Ireland can become a net Next exporter point. of energy. Indeed. Yeah. But I was, yeah. I was going back from Dublin uh, today and I was crossing the bridge at O'Brien's Bridge. Yeah. 
and there's a big sign up for no windmills, no windmills in O'Brien's Bridge. No so I come out along the out onto Bridgetown, and there's another big sign in Bridgetown, no no windmills uh, yes. in 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 uh, in uh, Bridgetown. So mm. there there um, there'll be someone object. So hopefully they'll there. be all out at sea. Yeah. Pat, yeah. you're our resident DJ, and I think we badly need to <laughs> relax and settle down a small bit, all of us. Um, what, what, what are you planning to delight us with? Not jingle bells. Oh, <laughs> my gosh, no. Um, Jerry Lynch from Kilfenora, he, he, he wrote a lovely song there a few years back, uh, Christmas 1914. And uh, you know, I think you know, John. I do. And, uh, I haven't heard it this year on the radio, so no, I, I said it. Either, yeah. Yeah. So I said, we, yeah, it might be nice uh, to, to have it. Okay, so Jerry Lynch, Christmas 1914. 1914. Thank you, Pat. 1914 on Christmas Day On the Western Front the guns all died away And lying in the mud on bags of sand We heard the Germans sing from no man's land He had a tenor voice so pure and true The words were strange but every note we knew You're very welcome back. Hopefully you enjoyed that uh, Christmas 1914 by Jerry Lynch. A very poignant story of course that's, that's well known about the, the first Christmas in the, of the First World War, Christmas 1914, and uh, it's, a, it's a story which we all we think perhaps uh, shows the whole futility of war. Mm. Anyway, let's get back to uh, East Clare, because we look at East Clare in part two of our programme. And there are some sports, uh, it's, I suppose the end of the year is a time to look back and see how we're doing or what has happened in sport during the year and certainly there's two East Clare um, sports people there that are given a great mention. Uh, uh, David, you're having a look there at uh, page 27 of the champion, um, Jim. Um, handball, Clare handballer jets out for American Nationals and really the headline should be Toom Graney handballer jets out for American Nationals because it's Liam and Oak. Well, she's from Clare as well. Well, she is. But <laughs> We're trying to keep it local here, yeah. Jim. It's a community <laughs> radio station, right? Um, but, and she's even pictured here um, in the process of, of hitting the ball. Um, she's, uh, she's a UL student, um, and it says here she doesn't know where she's having her Christmas dinner because she is at this very moment in America representing Ireland as part of a team that is being sent out for the American Junior Nationals in the Bay Club, Pleasanton, outside San Francisco. So she's quite a distance. It's good that she's not on the, on the, um, the, East, the Coast East Coast because it's pretty cold there at the moment. Mm. But uh, anyway, uh, we, we hope she's doing well and we hope the team is doing well and we'll probably get a report uh, in the next week's paper about um, how successful they've been. So um, we do hope she gets her Christmas dinner as well. Yes, yeah, a marvelous athlete. Yeah, a number of, of uh, a number of handballers were Dermot was always about Dermot Nash and Colin Crean from Old Club. They all they all came back with, with titles. They uh, American titles, I think. 
the only the actually won the, the American Championship last year as well, along with the All Ireland, mm-hmm. the All American Open senior. Yeah. And you, as you mentioned, Dermot Nash, in the Clare Echo, uh, Dermot is listed as Sports Person of the Year. And uh, he's there in picture of him. Uh, Parik McMahon has it. Uh, Clare Echo's head of news and sport, Parik McMahon, dishes out the gongs in the Clare Echo Sporting Awards. And of course, for, for uh, the first time in 32 years that um, somebody from Clare, from Tungreni Handball Club, has won uh, a national, the All-Ireland. Uh, we're also looking at uh, the achievement of the year on that page, uh, and we have the past, the Tullerwind. Yeah, St. Joseph's Tullerwind, the Hefty Cup, which was the first time when it And um, it was a marvellous occasion back in, back in February there when they won the... And so it was, it was great excitement. Great excitement. Uh, also, I, I don't know, we don't yeah. mention young, young athletes very much, but uh, in his strike club won the, the European Championship, Team Championship of the Year last, year last spring. And, um, the, Are they twins? They're, um, yeah, the cases, yeah. Yeah, identical and twins. They won, like, when you win, when you win the European Championship, uh, a club European Championship in his in strike club, it's a huge achievement. Yeah. What is the sport? Uh, cross country. Cross country. Yeah. And, and that young, that sorry, Jim. Yeah, that ahead, that Casey fellow, he was second in the in the in the European under twenty uh, um, um, cross country there last Sunday yeah. week. And also on the next page, on page forty four in the Clare Echo, continuing Porix dishing out of the gongs, as they put it, the manager of the year, the winner of manager of the year this year, goes to another granny man, Michael Blake who was the manager of the uh, the the uh, Aga Khan yeah. win back in August. And of course, oh, yeah. we all remember, and hopefully our listeners remember and remember hearing on, Clare, on Scarif Clare Community Radio in relation to, we we had a, we recorded the homecoming in September. Marvellous occasion as well. He doesn't give out any gong for the sports commentator of the year on radio. <laughs> well, I think that... Uh, if we, um, any, all we need to do is suggest to anybody to purchase our calendar <laughs> for the princely sum of five euro, our calendar can be purchased and uh, it's, uh, they'll soon see, they'll soon see who, who, who are the commentators. Who, who, who the commentators. Yes, right. mm-hmm. Anyway, okay, so those, that's the sporting section, I suppose. A reminder as well that uh, our program is <coughs> sponsored by... Uh, Ruth Griffin Photography here, uh, Ruth based in Fetal, um, and does has tremendous work done in relation to um, sports photography, and evidence of that can be seen on our aforesaid calendar. Anyway, people in Tulla, Pat, are going to um, get some light. Yeah, there's page three there of the Clare Champion Gym. Um, Let there be lights, Tulla Christmas display restored, having been moved after complaint. Fiona McGarry had the story. Fiona had to get the story there about two weeks ago about the, the lights in Tulla uh, had to be removed from the poles. So they're, they're, they have them back in, they're back in business anyway again. And um, uh, Tim Humphreys, who was chairman of the Tulla Tidy Towns Committee, and Paul Queeley celebrating the fact that their photograph was there and John Kelly's. And they, they had this bright sparks, which is a, a nice hidden from the, from the photograph. Yes. Okay. So they're back in business anyway. I see the lights there on both sides of the town. I've been up there a couple of times recently, and they're, they're, they're fantastic looking for, for, the, for Christmas. Yeah. Okay, that's <coughs> brilliant. John, I'm looking at page eight 
of the Clare Champion. Uh, and there's a, there's a story there on page 8 that, that you'll be very familiar with, uh, a place that we, you and I have travelled to together, and David as well, actually. Uh, and that's Oldfield Church. And a photograph yeah. there of none other than our own correspondent for that area, Michael Tynan. And Michael, a very, very proud Oatfield man. And rightly so. And rightly so, yeah. yes. The actual church in, in the chapel in question is a barn. It's only one of three in yeah, the country. Yeah, I've actually one in the country, okay. yeah. Um, and we were there at different stages of its, of its refurbishment. It's a beautiful, beautiful... David, you were there as well. I was, yeah. Yeah, okay. And why is it making the papers today, John? Because it's the, it's the, the restoration is complete. Mm -hmm. the, particularly the, the, the outside the restoration. The car park and all that. Uh, yeah, the uh, new car park and it's yeah. been fenced off and it's... Can you imagine midnight yeah. mass in the old days? Mm. In the, the thing well, about, the, about the barn, listeners probably would be interested in... Uh, in knowing that the that, that barn church was like a community hall, uh, it served as a a place for public meetings, and it still is, John. Still is. It, it still never is. Never broken. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, it's it's. I suppose it's the only public building in that little corner yeah, yeah. of O'Callaghan's yeah. parish yeah. called Oatfield. I mean, I was talking to Michael. He was on around the parishes. Uh, last weekend, yeah. but he was telling me that uh, the midnight mass that you referred to will be at 7pm mm -hmm. in the evening, and uh, it's, it's well attended, particularly people who are living away and come back for Christmas, mm -hmm. but, uh, and it'll be followed by a cup of tea and a chat. And so, the tea is very good over there, It is, and with any luck there'll be pastries to be had <laughs> as we Well, enjoy. of course, the midnight mass is over now. Yes, yeah. We, we are going out on, on, on Christmas Day. So we hope the tea was good. Very, <laughs> yes. very good. And, and the 6th of January in 1839, the roof was ripped off. And the, the, big, right. and the, the great big, storm, the big, I remember it well. The yeah. big wind. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it well. When was that, 1839? Yeah. 1839, yeah. But you'll be inviting yeah. people to let their, uh, you know, let their uh, brain flow freely when they go to visit. It's worth visiting. It's, it's worth, worth visiting. It is. It is worth visiting. Over. It's a rare survival, John, of... Um, the barn house. Barn uh, of, house. A, of, a, of any penal church or, yeah. or church from that period, the 17th, 18th centuries, because most of those churches, and there were a lot of them, yeah. were demolished mm. Um, mm. to make way for much bigger, larger churches mm. that we now know mm. today, the big 19th century, 20th century yeah. churches. Um, but they, that managed to survive for some reason. Well, and I'll tell you the reason, because the bishop announced that it was going to close. Yeah. Oh, yes. And, and that's the reason it survived. Yeah, yeah. Remind um, us of that, Jim. Yeah, yeah well, uh, Michael has talked about it. I'm not sure if it's in the Arctic or not. It's not, no, it's no. not no. There, there is a little piece. But the, the, the church was due to close. And local people got together, mm. uh, absolutely determined yeah, and to prevent it. that. Mm. And I, I, I've said it to Michael on radio at times because Michael is our correspondent on from Oldfield and around the parishes. Uh, you know, the community there are an example to any community, not just in East Clare but in the country. Mm -hmm. That when they decide on something, when they decide this is what they want, mm. and they go out and, mm. and did it. And they raise money. They raise a huge amount of money through fundraising. Mm. Joe Robbins, uh, of, of um, career-wise, was chair of that company. And uh, they raised an enormous amount of money. And, of course, money in grants and various things. 
and the project snowballed. Mm. Yeah. So and not alone have they stopped the church from closing, yeah. but yeah. they have um, they they have enhanced the yeah. church. But there's a great. But by keeping the character, John, yeah. that yeah. you referred to. Yeah. And, and the community. A great thing, and getting the community involved as well yeah. around it. Yeah. Yeah. There's you know? a way. There, this could generate quite an amount of income for the parish. Cratlow down the way. Mm. The other for the weddings, yeah. Okay, for weddings. Mm. So a bit of, of judicious marketing, yeah. and uh, because sustainability, like, is important. Mm. It, there it is now finished, beautiful to the eye, but uh, do you know a generation goes by and mm. it's neglected and mm. population drops, and suddenly mm. it's need of refurbishment again. Yes. So you'd be saying, you know, learn from their Cratlow neighbours. Yeah, because uh, and it, it is a fabulous church. You know, if you wanted to get married in a in a you know traditional. In, a, in a traditional church with atmosphere, yeah, mm. um, you know, it is a fantastic. Yeah, there's local people from where I live in the old Grand Millside parish, and they go out there to get married. It's in your yeah, parish, is it? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you proud of that now, though? I am, yeah, Jim. I'm, I'm proud of my thing in the bills, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing are you that, proud of the yeah. fact that, sorry for moving this on, revised designs are submitted for proposed development in O'Callaghan's Mills? <laughs> really? Are you proud of that? Yeah, well, I'm I think back that in, the, in the 60s, um, I could be wrong with the dates now, but the altar was removed. Mm-hmm. Mm. And in, in recent years, a local man... Yeah, Donald Ryan. Donald yeah. Ryan. I know Donald Ryan. And, and Donald mm. has... Um, He's, really, really. He's, he's not a carpenter, he's a farmer, but mm. he's very, very skilled with his hands. And he did a recreation yes, of, the, of the, the original altar. Mm. And it's absolutely beautiful. So another reason to go and visit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a fabulous place. Yeah. I couldn't, I, I really, I get, always get excited talking about, mm. um, about Oldfield Church. Yes. John, no, I want to get you excited, John. Uh, a photograph, John. Well, I want page. to refer you to a photograph uh, in the Echo, in the Clare in the Echo, Echo, page 35. Page 35. No. Um, He's right had his eye on that page for a very uh, long time. Uh, yes, now. and I'm, I'm just under pressure now to, to get him <laughs> to talk about it. And no, it's hardly thing. Billy Kelleher and Michael McNamara who are wishing the conditions It's a photo, well. listen, you've yeah, got to open your, open your Clare Echo and see this photograph on page 35. There are other good photographs as well around. But there are three ladies who I suspect are about to go in for a swim, okay? Uh, two of them, close up now, two of them uh, are anticipating it with great, great enthusiasm. Now there's smiles on their faces yeah. anyway, John. Now yes. look closely at the lady on the right-hand side. Fine photograph. What is she thinking? She's thinking... I'm not sure about this, yeah. and he can go first. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what caption do you think that photograph merits? Something like, Jesus, I want to get this over with. <laughs> get, it all, get it over with that. <laughs> what do you think, John? What, what would you say? I can't repeat on, on, on radio <laughs> what I think will be crossing her mind because she is... Not at two o'clock in the afternoon. But no, there'll be no. lots of people now, tomorrow, um, and I suppose up to New Year's, who will be doing exactly what these women are doing. Emer Kavanagh from Scarf and Rachel Minogue, uh, my own granddaughter, mm-hmm. were on Claire FM this morning at half yeah. nine. Yeah, yeah. On that very theme you're talking about, mm-hmm. okay? 
they're, they, they, they're swim in Mount Shannon, yeah. The Mount Shannon swim yeah. on St. Stephen's, Stephen's Day. Day. So mm -hmm. at 11 o'clock, you want to witness, it's just, estimated that there'll be over 100 young people. And just for the jigsaw, uh, jigsaw uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, charity. So anyway, we say goodbye to the photograph, but you have to come up yeah. with a suitable caption. Well, our thoughts are certainly with that lady on the right hand side <laughs> of the photograph. She's not, <laughs> not, a, happy, not, not a happy bird. There's a nice, Hill during the year, and there's a nice photograph here of a, of a lady and, and, and she on a pony in Spencer Hill, right on the same page, yes. right down the corner. It's a, a lovely photograph. Also, I just to refer to another photograph on page 12 of the Clare Champion, and, and that is uh, Councillor Mary Howard. And uh, she looks like Patchy's hugging a tree. Yeah, Councillor Howard, yeah. And the big fan of trees, Councillor Mary Howard wants to do, do more <coughs> uh, appropriate tree planning strategy. So um, she's there with her, uh, she's all out for the Christmas. Um, a season with her red, red coat. Yes. Is she kissing the tree, Pat? Uh, Pam? Is she kissing the tree? <laughs> she's hugging the tree. Do you have a conversation with the tree? <laughs> Councillor Howard calls for uh, right trees in right places. It wasn't Christmas trees that uh, were on the mind of Councillor Mayor Howard of recently in a municipal district, but the damage trees can cause to urban lo localities. Councillor Howard asked that local authority to produce a list of trees suitable for planting in an urban setting at the monthly meeting of the council. I think, she, yeah, I, I'd agree with her on that because I, I've seen where trees were planted and, and where they, they and planted by councils. Hmm. And well, they 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 were unsuitable and they opposed walls and and and, and footpaths. <laughs> so I I I would agree with on that that there should be a suitable type of trees for for those for areas like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, going back again on both papers, there's a story there which is which is very interesting. On the uh, Owen Ryan has a piece on the on the Shannon Town page. That's page fifteen of the Clare Champion and Forrest McMahon has a story on page eight of the Clare Echo about <coughs> Meals and Wheels. And of course, the Meals and Wheels has been in operation, particularly around Newmarket and Fergus. Uh, Uber have done it there, and yeah. they, they've appeared on TV a few times, bringing meals you know, to people at very low cost. But apparently they're expanding Davis to um, right around the county. They are. Um they're expanding over the next six months six months uh, to East Clare, including Tulla, Fecal, Scariff, Bedike, O'Callaghan's Mills and Broadford. They're going west as well. Um, so hot meals are delivered five times per week with two cold meals provided on a Friday for Saturday and Sunday to be obviously be heated up. Um, it's a great service, uh, you know, people, they, they, it says here 200 service users, i.e. 200 people who needs meals, um, receive a meal from Uber seven days a week. Yes. So it's a sizable number when you think about it. And this is a voluntary organisation. Yeah. Mm. There's a picture there of Erica Long, who's a staff member at Newmarket, preparing the meals. and. Um, it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of effort, it takes a bit of effort to get them. Yes. And these are hot meals uh, to people. So it's, it's, it's kind of a bit, it's good, but it's sad in a way that... But they're not free meals. You have to pay I, for them, do you? I, I think so. 
You have oh, to yeah. contribute towards them, but they're yeah. providing this service nonetheless. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I know. I'm it doesn't say now wh wh whether it's free or not. Not to pour cold water on it, but I remember maybe about a year ago or so, now this was during the pandemic, uh, I know we had two people in here in studio. We had uh, Nula O'Brien yeah. of Nula's and mm. we had Evan McNamara and both of them were doing exactly that. Right. Um, Delivering hot, de delivering hot meals. Yeah. No, they were doing commercially. Of course, obviously. of course, yeah. Um, but they were they were delivering it. I don't think they right. were charging for delivering now, but they were right. um, doing that as well. So and maybe it's probably a nominal fee anyway. It's probably quite small. Yeah. But so, it, it says here, if you would like to register your interest in having meals delivered to your area, please contact Uber for anyone aged over sixty-five. So it's obviously targeting. A particular Bond age cohort yeah. who may be interesting, uh, interested in a accessing this service, please contact Uber as follows. And it ju just gives the, the email and the telephone number and the address. It's mealsonwheels at uber.org. Okay, we, have the, we really are in the process of winding up. Um, but I, I think that just, I suppose, there is a Killaloo swim there mentioned in the East Clare page. Uh, You've been winding us up all, uh, all, all, all day. To help bring 165,000 euro amenity a step closer at Two Mile Gate, and that's certainly. And what is it, uh, Jim? It's it's a no. It's a facility for. Um, it's it's called Muga M U G A, and it's a multi-use games amenity. So yeah. presumably, it's it's something for people with disabilities. Looking and at that, the, yeah. looking at the photograph there, mm. is it covered? I think they're still trying to raise money. But there are, there are a number of fabulous facilities. I've seen down in Killaloo at Clarisford Park. Mm. There yeah. are a number of great facilities there mm. for um, uh, the, the uh, water, for people who want to, to use um, those kind of facilities, mm. exercising, etc. Yeah. Can I say as well, prolific Scarif deny St. Flannan's the double, John. Yeah, tell us about that. Well, the post-primary schools, under 15, B hurling final, uh, finished Scariff Community College, 214, St. Flannan's College, 03. So oh, that was serious. Thunderloo. That was, so you'd have been, you'd have, if you were back there, you'd have been delighted with absolutely, that. Absolutely, absolutely. Listen, we have to go. Um, I want to uh, thank everyone for their contributions today. John S. Kelly, John, thank You're you welcome. very much. Happy Christmas. <coughs> Thanks, Jim. David Fleming. Thanks, Jim. Luke Fleming for engineering. Thank you, Luke. And uh, we would like to wish all of you listeners a very happy and peaceful Christmas. Uh, it's Christmas Day, so relax, take it easy. For read the, the papers. Exactly. And read the local papers and support them. And Pat O'Brien is our DJ. Pat, mm -hmm. what will you play us out on today? Uh. My God. It's Happy Christmas in French. And it's from Jose Filipino. Lovely. Feliz Navidad. Our thanks especially to our programme sponsor, and that's Ruth Griffin Photography. Um, from all of us here around the table, having a bit of crack, as we like to do every week, many thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. There's the bell. Let's hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> and a very, very happy Christmas to all of you.